our whole lives, we want to run or sprint towards the various finish lines in life. In today's accomplishment-driven society, we miss looking at the baby steps. Think about the last major accomplishment of your life. Do you remember how it came to pass? As we near the end of this year, I'm going to share some baby steps that I am grateful to have taken. Allow me to give my perspective on the ever so cliche, it's all about the journey, here on the 30th, that's right y'all, 30th episode of the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the 30th episode of the View 112 podcast. Today is Sunday, November 5th. I'm so excited to have you join me as I talk about the brilliance of baby steps. In the 10th episode of this podcast, I talked about surviving rookie season, i.e. the moments in which we are new to something like a new job, a new career field, etc. And some of the thoughts I shared in that podcast were number one, do your homework and be prepared. Number two, remember you're in the room for a reason. And three, sit down, be humble. (laughs) Recently, I realized that this year has been full of learning and baby steps on the road to accomplishment. It's only now that I've reached certain places in my journey that I've had a moment to look back and see that there really is value in baby steps. Before I share my examples of how I've grown this year, let me make a quick case for patience during this process. The patience for baby steps. I am one of those people who have a hard time enjoying or respecting the process. I'm impatient. (laughs) In fact, at work, we just had a training about emotional intelligence using internal lingo, as well as concepts from the book Emotional Intelligence in Leadership by Daniel Coleman. Coleman breaks down the five key elements to emotional intelligence as one, self-awareness, two, self-regulation, three, motivation, four, empathy, and five, social skills. For me, self-regulation stood out as an opportunity. (laughs) Later, we were challenged to pick an area to work on for our professional development, and I selected the competency of patience for these specific reasons. One, I'm impulsive and sometimes act before it's time to act. Two, I get frustrated when things cannot be done with a certain amount of speed. Three, I'm overly action-oriented, and my preference is to handle things myself rather than to delegate. Professionally, I have more responsibility than ever before, and I also have a new boss, and she's challenged me to lead through and empower the incredible, capable leaders on our team. It sounds like nothing, but it's a true practice of patience to let other people implement processes and ideas that you would not necessarily do yourself. This learning process is also a practice of patience. I've had to be patient with myself during this process. Hence comes a self-regulation element of emotional intelligence. It takes far less time for me to do something myself instead of explaining my vision, explaining my process, waiting for people to challenge me and ask me questions. 
then meet check for understanding, set expectations, and then follow up on all the things. Far less time for me to do it myself. But being patient and learning to trust my team has freed up time for other things that I was not able to get done before. Overall, the quality of work of our team is improving, and that is a great feeling. My leaders have also shared with me that they feel like they are doing better work and leading at the right level, and that is an incredible feeling. I'm still a rookie in the patients department, but grateful for this moment of my personal and professional development. Two, build in baby steps. Okay, y'all, I got three quick examples. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I'm a part-time writer, I have a full-time career, and I am a student. This portion of the semester, I am taking two classes, organizational leadership and microeconomics. I attempted to take econ in the past about 10 years ago and failed the class miserably. All I remember were the formulas and the slopes and equations. It was all kind of a blur. Um, And now I'm nearing the end of my studies, thank the Lord, and I have pushed the majority of math and math-related classes to the end. So what I have left are math, statistics, economics, accounting, things like that. All things that I regret pushing to the end of my studies, that is (laughs) for sure. My entire life, well, most of my life, everywhere from long division in the fourth grade to today, or this year, I should say, I have never earned higher than a C in math. Most times I actually earned a D or worse. This summer, I could no longer delay taking college math, um, another course which I have failed as recently as last year, but I could not test my way out of remedial algebra. So I had to take remedial algebra before I could take anything left in my requirements to graduate. This summer, I finally passed that math class with a lot of support. And I had to take another low-level math class in order to finally get to take the math class that is required in order for me to graduate. Earlier in the fall, I passed that math class with a B. I'm telling you, first time, probably since the second grade, that I've had higher than a C in math. Which brings me to microeconomics. I'm only two weeks into the class and I feel so grateful that I had to suffer through the pain in the butt algebra classes because they prepared me for this econ class. The first four chapters were all about supply and demand curves. It's loaded with graphs and lots of slope talk and formulas and all of that, just like I remembered. And if I had tried to cut corners or test out or get my way out of these math classes and not actually suffer through the learning process of understanding algebra, I would be struggling in this econ class. With a month of, so that's one example, okay? (laughs) My second one is within a month of starting View 112 and the View 112 podcast, honestly, I really wanted all the readers, all the listeners, I wanted to monetize the blog and the podcast immediately. And in January, I would, back then, just thinking about it when I started everything, I would have no clue what to do with zillions of followers, all the zillions of followers that I thought I wanted. I have changed so much about the site since then, about the podcast since then. I didn't even know I was going to do a podcast when I started the View 112 uh, blog. And then I recorded podcasts just 
because it was my birthday and I wanted to get started, but it wasn't until February that I actually published them. And so I've had highs and lows and inconsistencies in content creation. I'm humbled and very grateful for the gradual growth and loyalty of my audience. I mean, I just can't imagine on a big stage with so many people while I'm trying to fumble my way through whatever this is, you know, at that time, just trying to make up my mind and go through different lessons, try different platforms, learn what workflow works best for me, you know, in front of all the zillions of people that I wanted. The gradual growth is certainly what I appreciate. My final example around building and baby steps is around money. And let me just preface this by saying, in no way am I any sort of financial advisor or guru or anything like that. I'm just going to tell y'all about me, okay? I mentioned during my summer challenge podcast that one of the goals I had was to save money through summer savings. I also mentioned that this year I have earned and spent more money than I ever have before. I don't know about you, but I don't think there could ever be a thing as too much money. Like there's no such thing as too much money, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, And occasionally uh, I'm one of those people who will go to 7-Eleven, well 7-Eleven here in the DC area, and get a Powerball ticket from time to time, hoping um, to win millions of dollars off the random generated ticket from the machine. And one time it dawned on me that I really would have no clue on how to manage that much money from a personal finance standpoint anyway. I started researching with that thought in mind and mapping out how I would manage millions of dollars, like if that was given to me, because I've seen the shows and I've heard about people who get all of that money, like lottery winners who go bankrupt. Or I saw this uh, documentary where someone gave like a homeless man $100,000. And by the end of the week or two weeks, he was back to broke, like back to homeless. And it's because you don't, when you have never managed money, you don't understand the, the concept you know, of like what $100,000 is. If you've never had any money, if you're homeless, $100,000 sounds like it will never end. There's infinite amounts of money. Um, If you, you know, make, you know, I don't know, let's say $100,000, $10 million may seem like, oh, I can live off of this and ball out for the rest of my life without any true plan of how to manage money especially large amounts of it, which is what, you know, I expect when I play the Powerball. Um, You know, it just is why I started to go into this exercise. And this year, I diversified my personal portfolio. And I will come out of 2017 in incredible fiscal shape. Now, I haven't won millions of dollars through the Powerball, uh, but through certain disciplines through certain practices, I will probably come out in the, of this year in the best fiscal shape of my life. Yes, I've made mistakes through the course of this, of this year, but I've saved money and I've learned a lot. I wrote a blog post on how at the beginning of the year, um, I think it was in February, 
Um, I went through all of my finances. I audited my bills. I negotiated some pricing on a lot of my bills. I traded in my old car and got a new one. And in that moment, I was saving like a couple hundred dollars here, $50 there, just little by little. And it didn't seem like a lot, but those tiny baby steps helped me build to finish the year strong. For once in my life, I'm going to go into the new year with a different set of personal finance goals. That's never happened to me before. Um, I'm going to obviously have personal finance goals, but they won't be the ones that I have had basically all of my adult life because of, you know, (laughs) one, the grace of God. And guys, I only came to this realization about my finances about a week ago. And you all should have seen me when I had it laid all out on paper. I literally got up from my desk and shouted and danced like black folk doing church, like me, that was me praising God here in my living room because I realized, and I've been agonizing about different things with my finances over the year. You know, how am I going to pay for school? How am I going to do this and do that? Still have a live a life. And And now I'm going to, like I said, come out of this year in significantly better financial shape than, you know, I came into the year and I had to have my praise moment, guys. Um, Those baby steps helped me. So that's what brings me to finally, there is brilliance in baby steps. Appreciate them, keep track of them and see how far you come. I mentioned earlier that I suffered through learning algebra and in life, I know we all have to suffer something and this is lightweight and it's a first world problem um, that all the things I'm talking about here, but still I have learned that suffering through the learning process and through baby steps has made me better. I want to encourage myself and you around the habit of honoring baby steps. It's an exercise of discipline that will make us all better in all the areas of our lives. I get so down on myself with things that are not incredible and booming right from the start. And when in actuality, things are a lot of times successful from the start, I just need to be patient enough to build and see things through. Thanks so much for listening. Talking to myself and to you has really helped me through some things this year. If you are feeling a podcast, please subscribe, like, and review the View 112 podcast in iTunes. If you have thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Janita Morris, J-E-A-N-I-T-A-M-O-R-R-I-S at view112.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys later.